So our theme for 2021 is grounded in grounded in or guided by vision and grounded in wisdom. And for the and what we've been looking at here in January, the beginning of this year is taking a look at exploring the, the wisdom, the, the principles of science of mind, the philosophy that we embrace, that we teach at Concordia. We are exploring those principles as, as well as looking at the global vision, just, just touching it because this is going to serve as the basis throughout the entire year of what we explore and talk about together and grow through together. As we are grounded in wisdom and guided by vision. So this week in particular, the, the title of this um, today's message is Looking Forward. Last week, David Roth um, shared with us a uh, message, a sermon and song called, We Have a Dream, inspired by the, 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 the wisdom of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I think it's so appropriate here that's here on before the events of this week, there was a message here at Concordia about us having a dream. And today, and Sam, on the bookend of, of what happened this week, and I'll refer to it in just a moment, the um, of looking forward. Looking forward. It's appropriate. Because this week we celebrated or, or witnessed history in the making during the inauguration of, of President Joe Biden and Vice President um, Kamala Harris. We witnessed history this week, to have the, the first um, female, I mean, well, there was two firsts, to have the first female um, vice president take office, and also the first person of color. And I don't know about you, and I know about some of you, because my phone was blowing up with text while, while it was going on. I know that, that there was, I, for myself, there was tears of celebration and also tears inspired by hope. You know, it is the, our nature as human beings who want to look forward, regardless of circumstances and situations that we may have in our lives. It is our nature to look forward. You know, I mean, God bless the new administration. God bless all of our, of our um, leaders. Because here we have a new president and vice president taking office against a backdrop of, it seems like regardless of what issue it is that you're talking about, there is to follow it, the word crisis. 
the pandemic that we're currently in, the economic crisis that with the, due to the pandemic, millions of people unemployed and, and, and how do we deal with that? The crisis of the, I mean, the insurrection that occurred on January 6th at the Capitol highlighted the crisis that we have in our country of, of white supremacy still very alive for the crisis of racial inequality, inequality amongst the, our, the, the sexes. I mean, you could just go down the list and you may remember that crisis in the Chinese calligraphy, crisis is actually two characters. The calligraphy is two characters, which means danger and opportunity. And so here, all of these crises or crises, crises, we have great opportunity. And today in this message of looking forward, I want us to, to explore our part, our part, because we each play a part, our part in bringing the opportunities forward to step into the new, to, to bring about a work, to realize for ourselves and for the world, a world that works for everyone. That's the vision of Centers for Spiritual Living. We envision a world that works for everyone, a world that works for the individual. And so together, we will make this happen. Well, God bless our leaders, but also God bless us. So I wanted to share with you a quote from Dr. Ernest Holmes. And he writes... In the textbook, he says, the spiral of life is upward. Evolution carries us forward. You know, earlier this month, I talked about how the caterpillar, in its own personal transformation, its metamorphosis, there, there is an evolution that occurs, and this caterpillar literally dies to its old way of being so that the new form can emerge from within. In fact, it's as the new form emerges, the new principle, the wisdom that is within those imaginal cells, as it begins to assert itself, the vision is spelled out. The path is made forward. And the caterpillar, that in order for it to to take flight as a butterfly, the old ways of being must pass away. And within you and I, there is that thing called life. And life is calling us forward. I believe this is the reason why it is our nature to look towards hope. 
Now, we also know, and in, in, as religious scientists, that it takes more than hope in order to bring about this change. It's, it's more than hope for that caterpillar to become a butterfly, that there is, there's actions and, and there is work that's involved. And so what is our work as religious scientists, as those who are on a spiritual path? Yesterday in, in Neil Donald Walsh's um, Twitter feed, he tweeted out yesterday, he says, you have come here to physical form at this particular and critical time in history to participate in the evolution of our species. Do you believe that? I do. And there is, we are here by divine appointment. We are, you and each one of us, are the, the results of more than 15 billion years of evolution, the evolution of life and back of us is all that's come before. And as we lean forward, it's going to take more than just hope. And when I talk about hope, I'm talking about wishing and wanting and waiting for somebody else to do something about it. What it's going to take in order for us to have a world that works for all, it's going to require us as individuals to demonstrate it in our own lives. Because life doesn't just happen to us. It happens through us and collectively as individual happiness is demonstrated and is known and it is embodied then the collective experiences it. Now, if you're new to science of mind, and I've mentioned the science of mind and religious science, if you're new to this and uncertain of what that is, I mean, science of mind, the philosophy that we teach here, um, the the basic idea, if you were to, um, the basis of it is that there's only one, one power, one life, one God. And the creation story that so many of, our, of us are familiar with and have grown up with, and, and that can be found in all wisdom traditions, is that in the beginning, in the beginning, in the infinite past, there was one. God, source, divine intelligence, the zero point field, whatever it is that you want to call it. it. It doesn't care what you call it. But there was this one, this field of love intelligence. And this may be an oversimplification of it, but God made you and I out of itself because that's all there was. God within itself had an idea. It imagined itself as you. And as the story in the book of Genesis says, let there be light, God said, let there be Helen. Let there be Mike. Let there be Sally and Michelle. Let there be, and God imagined itself as having the experience 
as you. It imagined itself as you and you came into being. And from this oneness, because each one of us are made of this God stuff, then the qualities and the nature of that is our nature. It is our quality. We were created in the image and likeness of God, it reads in the scripture. It, that means that we were made with its nature. We were made with it. And just as the wave is not separate from the ocean, back of the wave is the entire ocean. In fact, it's through the waves that the ocean touches the sky and touches the shore. You and I are indivisible parts of that one. And spirit is, is seeking to evolve us and carry us even forward. And the way that it does it is through us. And the only thing that keeps us from experiencing that unity and that oneness is our belief that we're separate. God has already given us all of itself as us. And if we believe that we're separate because we have the, the same creative power as that, as the thing itself, Ernest Holmes calls it, then us believing that we're separate or that I'm my good is over there and not here, then because of the creative power of source itself acting through us as us, then we create an experience of separation in our lives. So being one with that one, being made with that one, what are the qualities of God that are true about God, that is true about us? Well, one, God is love. Not, not, not only is God loving, but God is love. And if God is love, what does that make you? What does that make me? The truth of, of our nature. Love. We are love with the capacity to be loving. God is joy. What does that mean about the truth, the inner, the essence of your being? What does that mean about you, that you are joy? Well, I don't feel very joyful. It's because we have a belief and there's a, a story that we're telling ourselves and, and of why we are not. And because of that creative power that exists within us, this thing called life, then we have that experience. God is joy. There is a fountain of joy within us. God is wisdom, and there is the wisdom, that wisdom operating within you and I. God is beauty, and you and I are beauty, and God is light. All of this is true, that is true about spirit, about source, is the truth about us. What does Holmes say? There is only one life. That life is God's life. That life is perfect. And that life is my life. That life is your life. 
now. And in order for though, for us to possess and have the experience and fullness of that, we also need to say that I am light. I am love. I am, I am wisdom and power. Just as in the Genesis story, God said, let there be, well, to create in our experience, let there be peace. And if I'm saying that I'm separate from God and separate from my good, if I'm saying that I'm weak or I'm disenfranchised or I am poor or I'm lonely, I am powerless, however I define myself, defines my experience of life. However we identify ourselves, we identify the, the, the quality and the nature of our experience of life. And so in here today with talking about looking forward, the message of the inauguration on, 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 the, on January 20th, it was of unity. It was of oneness. It was of looking forward, not with just hope, but with determination and decision to be that and to do that. During the inauguration, the youngest inaugural poet ever, 22-year-old Amanda Gorman, she read her poem, The Hill We Climb. Which, by the way, if you are, are, don't know of the, the, some of the story behind the poem, just two weeks before, she was struggling. And I remember reading about how she was struggling to, to write this poem, to complete it. And yet after the insurrection on January 6th, it was then that she was that it came to the surface of the message that needed to be spoken in that poem that she read. If you have not heard, if you haven't heard the poem or read the transcript, I've read it a few times, the, the poem itself, I could do uh, a whole series on that poem. There is so much truth and inspiration, and yes, even hope in it. Amanda was raised by a single mom in Los Angeles. And as a child, she was diagnosed with disorders having to do with auditory processing. She didn't hear things um, correctly. She also had speech impediments and spent years in therapy, speech therapy. But, you know, Amanda did not see them as impediments or disorders, but she saw them instead as challenges. She saw them as a hill that she must climb. And here, this young black woman rose to those challenges and she became the youth poet laureate of Los Angeles at 16 years old. And just a few years later, the national youth poet laureate while graduating from Harvard with honors we are having impediments and disorders. 
the last poem, the lines of her poem were this. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. There is always light. This is what we teach. This is what we know. And here, looking forward into this new year, this new administration, the, in the, with the backdrop of all of these crises, these impediments, these disorders, these challenges, these opportunities for us to see that light, we must be it. We must know ourselves as it. In a world where so many things can feel broken, and it may eat your life right now may feel broken. You know, the caterpillar probably felt broken in the midst of all of that. In the midst of what looks like chaos, there's always light. There's always light. And of course, in miracles, it says that light made you like itself. Light made you of itself. And here we are. We are on the cusp of so many things that we long and hope for. See, in the contrast of the crisis, there is the, the intention and the desire for the better and more. In the face of economic crisis, there is the desire for abundance and prosperity and wealth. We stand at a crossroads. Dr. Ernest Holmes writes in the introduction of The Science of Mind, he says a new light is coming into the world. We are on the borderland of a new experience. He says the veil between spirit and matter is very then he said this almost a hundred years ago, he wrote that. And I believe that we are seeing this and experiencing it now, don't you? The veil is very thin and we can see such possibility. And in order for us to realize that, we must explain it. Be it. Now is not the time to, um, to, to, to relax and go, oh, well, whew, there's, things, are, things are working out now. There's, there's a vaccine. There's a, there we, there's a, um, a different administration. If, 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 that, if you required a different administration to be at peace. Now is the time not to let off. But in fact, all that we've learned, the wisdom that we have gained throughout the past year of 2020, it is time for us to continue to practice that even more diligently. Because that was the means that brought us to where we're at. Now's not time to fall back. 
actually in our looking forward to continue moving forward? What are some of the things that we learned during 2020? Some, what is some of the wisdom that we are grounded in, in addition to our spiritual principles and practices, but we learned things like resilience, flexibility. We need to be brave. Amanda Gorman says, it takes bravery, which doesn't mean that there's no fear. It means that we even do it, do it in spite of the fear. But we need to be brave not to fall back into the shadows. We've been brave thus far, and it's up to us to continue. Let us be brave to let our light shine, brave to live our values and principles Brave to be love and peace rather than revenge or vengeance as politics, as they as politicians do what they do. The administration's not our source. Our job is not our source. A vaccine is not our source. Our source is God within us, life within us. And see, when we look outside for things external to us as our source, then what we see is not really what, what we see is, is, is a reflection of our consciousness. And if we're looking outside of ourselves because we feel that somehow we're lacking something, I need to get something and it's out there, then we see evidence of that. We find evidence of the lack that we are seeking from. Believing that we don't have it, we look and then we witness that which we don't have. And when we do that, we experience fear. Fear. One definition of fear is false evidence of lack appearing real. False evidence appearing real. We experience frustration which is simply unrealized potential. I don't know about you, but how how many of you were frustrated this year? There are things that you wanted to go do that you have the possibility, you have the potential to do it, but you're unable to for whatever reason. You know, I, for, um, there for a while, I I had taken, was practicing Tai Chi. And there was a center close to where I lived and I was friends, uh, good friends with one of the instructors. And where the classes, the Tai Chi classes were held, it was a relatively small space. And I would inadvertently end up next to someone who was a, at least a foot shorter than, than I am. Their, their um, stance is, was shorter, their, their um, stride shorter. (laughs) I would try to position myself. And then there, last minutes, there would be this tiny person come standing next to me. And then when we would turn, I would feel frustrated because my step, I would be unable to realize the potential, the stride, the stepping forward looking outside of ourselves for our good, 
looking for the light out there creates fear and frustration. Looking at others to, um, to do something about the problem or thinking that they are the problem creates anger within us. And how is it possible not to feel anxiety when we look outside and we are afraid of what's happening or depressed because it won't stop? Being the light, seeing the light that's here that Amanda talks about, or Holmes talks about that, that the veil is thin in order for us to pierce that veil, to see through that veil, isn't by looking outside of us for the answers, but it's going within. Jesus said to seek the kingdom of God first within us, to turn within, to, to commune with spirit, to commune with the source of our life and our being, to connect with that light that's within us. And as we connect with that light that is within us, that is the essence of who we are, it lights the way before us. Amanda Gorman used what others called as disorders, as challenges, and whatever we may be facing. Let's not let off and turn our power over to others in order to solve those so-called challenges. But the time is now for us to continue to look forward and embracing these, embracing the truth that is within us, the light that is within us, so that we can capture a glimpse of the vision of what is possible for us. Not using the past as, as um, our limits, because principles not bound by precedent, but by using the principles of light and love, by connecting the source within us and being that in the world. You know, they say to be the change to be the change that we want to see in the world, we must be the light that we are seeking in the world because the light is who you are. Light made you like itself. I want to close this by reading a poem that Amanda used to use, um, that she used to recite to her mother um, her mother's a middle school teacher, teacher in the Los Angeles public school system. And as part of um, Amanda's speech therapy, she would recite poetry to her mother. And I'm going to close here with reciting or reading the poem that she used to recite. And I know it's one that you're familiar with. Here at Concordia, we're here at this time and not even just the Concordia, all of us on uh, this spiritual path, we are here to make a difference. We're here to make a difference and to be the light in our, in our homes, in our families, with our coworkers, our communities, here within our center. And us being the light lights up the vision. It gives us vision 
so that we may see our way ahead. It takes bravery to be love in the face of hate. It takes bravery to be light in the apparent darkness. It takes bravery to speak the truth when others are, are shouting you down. Remember, bravery doesn't mean that we're fearless. We do it while we're afraid. And as Marianne Williamson inspired Amanda, may we be reminded of the truth about ourselves. Because as Marianne wrote, and as Amanda recited many times, our greatest fear is it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You, each one of us, you are a child of God, and your plain small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. That glory is light. And it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And as we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. For that to be the truth, we need to be the light that's already within us. And so let's take time each day to connect with that light, for it to inspire us and guide us and direct us so that we may in our own lives have a world that works for us as well as lifting up those around us, inspiring them and empowering them so that we may all have a world that works for us all. Peace and love. Namaste.